We're Crown Mondays. We're Crown Mondays. We're Crown Mondays. We're Crown Mondays. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Hope you guys had a fabulous weekend. Um, you know, I'm sorry I missed Monday. Sorry I missed Monday. Um, I had a friend that wanted to hang out. I haven't hung out with her in a while. We hung out. I had a chiropractor appointment. You know, life wanted me and I gave myself to life. So, uh, but we're back. We're going to do an episode of Weird Crime Monday technically weird crime Wednesday um and we're just gonna have fun today we're just gonna you know share some laughs and giggles and whatever just because we haven't had one in a very long time so that's what we're gonna do today I hope you guys enjoy um please 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 if you guys have any kind of case suggestions or spooky stories um that may have happened to you someone you know that you're okay with sharing with or without your names um please send it to me. Uh, the email is morbidcuriositytcpodcast at gmail.com. That way, you know, I have some new ideas. And if you send me spooky stories, crazy stories, crime stories, whatever, you know, we kind of get to know each other a little bit. So let's get into it on Weird Crime Monday. Who doesn't love Florida, right? Okay? You know, Florida crimes are, are just insane sometimes, right? We covered some on our other uh, Weird Crime Monday episode. Um, so, I'm about to share another one with you, right? This happened like April 6th of 2020, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, this woman just thought it was a great idea to share some Easter egg porn. <laughs> She literally um, claims she went to around 200 plus mailboxes, put Easter eggs that were filled with pornographic stuff, right? And Jesus, mind you, um, in these mailboxes for these these houses. Why she did it? Don't know. But it got reported that this woman named Jessica and her family went to check the mail, found an Easter egg, and they opened it and saw all this stuff. And she said, quote, The last thing I expected to see when opening this Easter egg would be pornographic pictures. It was just random and weird, end quote. So inside, not only is there a good photo of group porn, right? A woman and two men going at it. They also got Skittles, a candy drink, goldfish, a square of toilet paper, a tiny scroll of religious writing with Jesus. And then underneath the image was like an artistic rendering of a Roman soldier spearing a crucified Jesus. How any of that makes sense? Eh, you know, Florida. <laughs> but she said, quote, It was horrifying group sex stuff. It was disgusting. Our concern is we have five children under the age of ten that could have went to check them out. End quote. Like, as a kid, if I saw that, I would have been like, Oh my god! Uh, you know what I mean? That's so funny, though. Um, to me, it's not like, I don't know, I feel like when people get offended at, like, porn, it's just kind of like, 
I don't know. Porn's porn. It's funny. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a really bad crime, but some people just aren't as uh, open-minded as others, I guess. But anywho, so what's funny is a day earlier, she noticed this like gray Honda Cruze that came down the street, right? Went to their mailbox, put something in their mailbox, and then drove away. Came back later, okay? Like a week later. Um, and she called the authorities because she's like, why is this car back? <laughs> so that's how this happened. And that's how this lady got caught. So her name is April, and that's A B R I, uh, excuse me, A B R I L. There we go. Like April, but April. Um, Seth Tony. She's 43. And she, she was identified as the person who was putting the pornographic Easter eggs in people's mailboxes and stuff. So she got caught. Um, she got arrested by Flagler County Sheriff's deputies shortly after this 911 call. Uh, she was charged with 11 counts of distributing obscene material. Now, April admitted to delivering the porno eggs and religious pamphlets, okay, and went on like a homophobic rant about quantum and magnetic fields, STDs, and Bibles, you know, Bible quotes, Bibles, you know, just everything and anything before deputies finally got her in the back of the cop car. <laughs> um, she said, quote, why are we having gays teaching in the class in the church? And that's what she was asking law enforcement. And then she said, they are rewriting Bibles, end quote. April um, also insisted she wasn't really a religious fanatic, but she was just enraged by the local churches, like they were allowing this to happen. Um, she said she visited 59 places of worship, and it was in like an attempt to confront religious leaders over her concern regarding their teaching of the Bible. Because she thought, you know, they were rewriting it, they were, you know, messing things up, I guess. Um, she also admitted to unloading between 200 to 400 religious pamphlets on April 8 alone. So, she was on a roll going door-to-door, mailbox-to-mailbox, pamphlets, eggs, whatever. Like, she was on it. Now, she appeared before a county judge on April 9th. Um, she was being held, you know, without a bond for a little bit. Because uh, she was also charged with driving with a suspended license and violating disaster preparedness orders because COVID-19 stay-at-home order was in effect at the time. Her bond that she was given was $7,000 and she was released. So, she's not in jail anymore, but she was released um, like at 325 on... July 2nd, right? So, probably like around 325 is what I found anyway. Um, anywho, she's not in jail anymore. Whether she'll have more arrests, probably. I mean, she's had a lot of driving infractions, um, not paying child support, etc., etc. So, anyway, that's the record that I found on her. Moving along, um, we're going to take it back to January 6, 2020. Okay. Um, this is about a palm reader who allegedly got paid $71,000, okay, to cleanse a woman's daughter, like, excuse me, a woman's daughter of being possessed. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it. 
So this happened in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, she was a palm reader, right? She scammed 71K out of this lady, as I said, because her daughter, she thought her daughter was possessed by a demon. She was going to pay whatever, okay? So the Somerset Police Department began invest investigating Tracy Milanovich, who was 37, on December 17th, quote, after a resident reported that she tricked the resident into giving her large sums of money, end quote. So investigators believe Tracy quote, convinced the victim that her daughter was possessed by a demon and that cash and household items were needed in order to banish the, the spirit from her daughter, end quote. Now, they also said she's stolen about like $71,000 from the victim and the victim additionally purchased multiple household items for her, like paper towels and bedding. Um, Tracy said the victim's daughter was dead in God, uh, excuse me, dead in God's eyes and had something inside of her that was bad. Uh, sorry. This this one's like, how is buying household items and, and stuff like that gonna banish a demon? Like, come on. How did you not see the signs? The, the red flags there, come on. Anywho, she said that in order to save the 10 year old soul, she has to purchase her daughter's soul back. She sounds like the devil, are you kidding? <laughs> The victim said that Tracy promised to put the demon in a Barbie doll. Okay, what are we making, Chucky? Uh, the police report goes on that the victim was told not to tell anyone at all whatsoever about the exorcism. I say that with bunny ears, okay? Bunny quotes. Um, or else the spirits would find out. Ooh. Tracy was arrested two days after Christmas in connection with stealing the money and the allegations. She was charged with six counts of obtaining property over $250 by trick, larceny, and intimidation of a witness. She was arraigned on December 30th, at, wh at which point she pleaded guilty. Um, and as far as I could find out uh, by the court docs that I found online, um, this was like February 20th, 2020, okay? Um, she owed damage funds to the family. That makes sense um, for harm inflicted. So she had to pretty much pay back the money. Yeah. So she had to pay back the money and case closed kind of thing. So moving on, we're gonna we're gonna go to Michigan. So this happened in 2019, October 31st. Okay. So the headline reads. Feral Michigan woman bit woman's ear off because she believed she was a wolf attacking a vampire. <laughs> so her name is Allison Weaver. She was 44. She was found covered in blood because you know the ear. If you cut your ear, it pretty much bleeds a lot. There's like an artery in there. That shit will bleed a lot. So she was covered in blood. Um, and she was like over. This was her friend, by the way. She was over her 48-year-old friend, and she, they were found like that about, like, 1.30 in the morning, September 17th, and it was inside the Lake Village Apartments in Rochester Hills. Um, the victim, which was her friend, testified in open court on Tuesday that she feared she was facing certain death. Like, she thought, this is it. I'm gonna die. She said, quote, The next thing I remember is trying to get away, hearing her as clear as day with no reflection in her tone, just saying, sorry, but you're going to have to die today, end quote. Of course, the victim is unidentified. Uh, they kept her identified. You know, 
words today, sorry. Um, they kept her identity confidential, so we don't know her name. Um, Allison, though, was charged with assault with intent to do great bodily harm and to maim, as well as attempted sexual assault. So, not only did she try to rip her freaking ear off, or succeed at that, she tried to sexually assault her as well. Now, Miss Weaver, this is a quote, Miss Weaver told me that they were having consensual sex and that the victim was a vampire and that Miss Weaver was a wolf. Um, and that was Hopkins, um, an officer. Now, blood was gushing from the victim's left orbital area and the ear. Deputies learned that Allison and the victim were actually neighbors and friends on this night. They were together. She allegedly made sexual propositions, which were rebuffed by the victim. And she said, quote, She kissed me with an open mouth kiss, and my reaction was to just kind of laugh and brush it off and stop it. And that's what the victim said in court. The victim tried to make clear that she was not interested at all, whatsoever. She did not have any sexual interest in Allison, period. <laughs> now, she also said, quote, I was like, just leave me alone, I'm going to bed. I remember walking to bed, going, um, walking to bed, going to bed, and falling asleep. End quote. All of a sudden, Allison just went feral. She said, "This is how she described it." She jumped onto her bed, and she said she was on all fours, and she was just standing there, and she was like giving her a really terrifying look. And she said, "Quote: I was like, Allison, Allison, what are you doing?" She just kept giving me this look with her head going back and forth. I was like, what are you doing? And then she lunged at me. And she just started strangling me. End quote. Now, she did manage to slip in and out of consciousness. Like, she was choking her pretty, like, viciously. Um, when she came to, not she discovered not only her face, but her entire body was riddled with bite marks. So, and this was only when deputies came and discovered them, right? The victim said she can sense that her cheek and her ear were gone and could feel bites on her stomach, groin, breast, head, and elsewhere. She said, quote, I'm going to live with these scars forever, end quote. Um, deputies suspect that Allison was either inebriated by alcohol or drugs. She went to the sober tank, of course, you know, at jail. Um, now, she did manage to post $75,000 bond. She did await trial. Which later, and this, thankfully, they actually done something about this, but later she was sentenced 10 to 15 years in prison after pleading guilty on assault charges. So, hopefully she will get the help she needs, because it doesn't sound like she is in a mental state to be out in the public. Um, yeah. So, now, we're getting closer and closer to my favorite weird crime that I found. Ugh, this... Not this one, but the the last one uh, had me laughing so hard. But before we get to that one, we're going to move on over to Wisconsin. Good old Wisconsin, right? 70s show, right? Are you guys ex are you guys going to watch the new spinoff of the 70s show, that 90s show on Netflix? Please tell me. Please tell me, join Facebook, or email me, and just let me know. I want to know what everybody thinks about that, because the 70s show is, like, my favorite show ever. Um, yeah. Anyway. Wisconsin woman lets dog loose in Walmart. 
practices her karate moves while her adult son gets butt-ass naked. Okay, this happened um, in 2019, April 15th, okay? So, a Wisconsin woman was arrested after letting her dog go in Walmart, then going outside to practice her karate moves. All the while, her son stripped naked in the store. <laughs> uh, Eau Claire police received a call about 8.30 Wednesday about a theft in progress and we're told Lisa Smith, who was 46, her dog Bo, and were causing a ruckus in the store. Um, when officers arrived, they found Lisa screaming in the entry of the store while trying to catch Bo. Now, <laughs> officers would learn that Lisa had come into the store, unleashed her dog, who ran up to customers, while Smith erratically started pulling apart store dis store displays, excuse me, and placing them in her cart. She was just like, fuck it, I'm taking this. <laughs> she was asked to leave by staff and left the store to perform karate moves in the parking lot. In the meantime, Bo got a box of Jiffy Cornbread muffin mix and tried to leave the store. Little Bo was trying to steal some muffin mix. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa allegedly fought with officers when they tried to arrest her and attempted to kick out the window of a squad car. So she was still, you know, in her karate moves while getting arrested. Now, while at the scene, they, they realized, oh, she's not alone. And they found her son, Benny Van, 25, who had gone to the back of the store, got butt-ass naked, and was showing everybody his stuff. Okay. He then got, he stole some clothes off the racks. Of course, you know, didn't pay for it. And then when the officers went to approach him and, like, make him stop, he refused to stop and attempted to run the officer over with a scooter. Officers physically stopped the scooter and arrested Van. Like, I just see this happening in my head and it's just quite hilarious. Um, so Lisa is now facing charges of disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and misdemeanor bail jumping. Uh, Benny was arrested for lewd and, um, uh, lascivious behavior, disorderly conduct, and retail theft from when he tried to steal the clothes, and little Bo, the little dog, who was given a warning for being a thief, was taken to Humane Association. So, as part of the plea deal, though, Lisa pleaded no contest to obstructing an officer and disorderly conduct. Benny pleaded no contest to obstruction, as well as the count of um, the lewd and lascivious behavior. Lisa was sentenced to one year of probation, Benny got two years, and Benny is also not allowed to consume any avocado pits. Yes, you heard me correctly. While that was added, nobody knows, but it was. It was actually added in the conditions. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what the heck happened there with the avocado pits in Walmart. Yeah. So, um, we're gonna get into a turtley situation, this next one. We're going to take it back to Florida, let me tell you, okay? April 10, 2019. Self-proclaimed saint threatens to destroy Florida town with army of turtles. Yes, army of turtles. How cool would that be, though, having an army of turtles? Just saying. Uh, Thomas Devaney Lane, who was 61, uh, was making an absolute scene on the boardwalk in Florida. And to be exact, it's Wavecrest Avenue Boardwalk, okay? He was, like, yelling out obscenities 
calling himself a saint, saying his turtle army would destroy them in about an hour. Like, he was just going on and on. My turtles are going to destroy you, I'm assuming is what he was saying. I can only imagine, and I would be laughing. I wouldn't be disturbed, but I would be laughing. Um, so, it he, di he disturbed everyone on the boardwalk. Like, there was like seven different phone calls um, to report his behavior from like Starbucks, smoothie shops, local cafes. Like, everybody and anybody was calling. Now, at some point, though, he even went into like a police station. It was in there like yelling at this dispatcher in there. It was like pounding on the walls and glass and stuff. Just making an ass of himself. He continued in a 7-Eleven parking lot, like, with the dispatcher, excuse me. Words, words are hard today, I apologize. Um, so, even that, he was, like, cussing this responder, like, the officers, customers at the boardwalk, like, everybody. And, um, an officer said, quote, He called 911 as I watched him and told the operator over the phone that I needed to leave now or you will all be sorry you fucked with the saint end quote. He then apparently entered his car, refused officers directions to get out, and uh, was forced to be removed from the vehicle. He continued to yell obscenities, cuss at people, passerbyers about how his turtle army would destroy everyone. He was arrested and charged with disturbing the peace, resisting arrest without violence, and misusing 911 according to records. Now, of course, you know, he was released on bail, but Little Thomas and his little turtle army. Gotta watch out for them if you live in Florida. You know, it was a couple of years ago. You never know. They could come back. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That happened. That happened. There's a lot of crazy crap. It's so funny when I do Weird Crime Mondays. Like, I have to try to avoid finding Florida cases because it's literally like Florida, Florida, Florida. Maybe Michigan. Florida, Florida, Florida. Georgia. Florida, Florida, Florida you know, Mississippi or something. You know, it's like, everything's Florida. <laughs> this next one is the funniest one. Well, the turtle and this one that I'm about to tell you is like my favorite that I found so far. Um, they had me both rolling. Turtle Army probably up this other one, but let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's go to Louisiana. This one actually happened kind of recently. This was like 2021 March. Okay. So, literally, it's not even that far ago, or long ago. Listen to my English, I swear. Um, so, the headline reads, Former priest and two dominatrix charged with vandalism after alleged altar threesome. I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> A former Louisiana priest and two dominatrix have been charged with vandalism for allegedly having sex on top of a church altar. Uh, Travis... John Clark, 37, then pastor of St. Peter's and a Paul Roman Catholic Church, was arrested, as well as two out-of-state women, Mindy Lynn Dixon, 41, of Kent, Washington, and Melissa Cameron Chang, Chang, 28, of Alfreda, Georgia. So, Alfreda, Georgia is kind of close to my hometown. That's kind of that's kind of funny. Um, anyway, while the three were originally charged with obscenity counts last fall on Friday, the St. Tammany Parsh District Attorney's Office, that is a mouthful, um, announced those charges have been reduced. So, the three now have to face one count of institutional vandalism each, and they are accused of knowingly vandalizing, defacing, or otherwise damaging property 
causing damage value over 500 and under 50k. So, yeah, they're, you know, they got arrested, all that kind of stuff. So, after nearly waiting six months, though, the state has decided to move forward with lesser charge, which is what I just told you, the institutional vandalism. Um, Clark was removed from his post of the church after one day of his arrest, obviously. Um, the two girls told police at the time of their arrest they were role-playing and recording the consensual acts. Um, all three of them were released from jail after posting bond shortly after their arrests. So, you know, they didn't stay very long with the police department, but they posted jail. I couldn't find any updates. You know, it's so funny as far as, like, bigger crime cases, you can find updates pretty easy. I dug and dug and dug because I like to give closure. You know what I mean? But no closure here. They just released bail and... Who knows what happened to the charges afterwards. They probably got fined or something. You never know. Okay, now get this. This happened quite a while ago. This was uh, July 13, 2012. Okay. A Leavenworth man was sentenced to 54 months in prison in connection to a pair of cases, including a bizarre criminal threat charge related to a pet spider. Okay. Now, mind you... Um, the headline read, Man Holds Pet Spider Hostage. <laughs> so, this happened in March of 2012. Um, Brian Paul Smith, who was 26 at the time, pleaded no contest to criminal threat charges stemming from a case where he was watching a pet spider for a friend. When the friend asked for his pet back, he was like, No, I'm going to keep your spider and you're going to give me money. <laughs> like, he was not about it. Now, prosecutors say that these demands turned into threats when Brian said that if his friend did not give him $100 and the spider, he was going to shoot him. Prosecutors say that the victim was upset and fearful that Brian would hurt him and called the police. Now, while the police were on the scene with the victim, Brian called the victim and asked if he was ready to do this thing. He was found guilty and ordered to serve 14 months. Brian also pleaded no contest to charges stemming from a string of car burglaries last January. Brian and co-defendant Justin Wilder, who was convicted and sentenced to serve 10 months, admitted to police that Wilder would break into cars while Brian acted as the lookout. Um, they also stole items from Walmart the same night as the auto theft, right? Or burglary. Um, in addition, Brian stole a Siberian Husky dog later recovered by police in Brian's home. Like, he had a thing for just stealing people's pets. Get your own pets. How hard is that? Get your own pet. Now, when police were investigating the crimes at Brian's residence, they also found a 14-year-old juvenile hiding in the closet. Brian pled to 10 charges, which included one count of contributing to a child's misconduct, three counts of burglary, five counts of theft, and one count of possession of drug paraphernalia. So, other than that... Brian was sentenced to serve 40 months in the Department of Corrections, and the cases were ordered to be served consecutively. So, that man really said, I'm going to keep your spider, and you're going to pay me money to keep your spider. You know what? You got to watch who you lend your pets to. Friend or not friend, you know? You always got to watch out for people. Um, anywho, yes. Um, I think we have time for one more before we end Weird Crime Monday. 
Um, so bear with me. We're gonna go one more and then we'll see you in a week or two. All right, guys, so the last one for today actually happened recently. This was December 28, 2022. Um, this woman brought a raccoon into a bar. <laughs> that would be me. Erin um, Christensen, who is 38, pleaded guilty last week to charges of false info to law enforcement, evidence tampering, and unlawful possession of a fur bearer. All misdemeanors, okay. So, no felonies, just all misdemeanors. She was sentenced to a suspended six-month jail term and a year of probation and must pay $1,100 in fines and fees. The plea came in connection with a September incident in which she brought the animal into the Maddox bar in the town of the same name. She said she had found the raccoon on the roadside and was caring for it until it was healthy enough to return to the wild. You know, as one does. <laughs> a bartender confirmed the animal wasn't loose in the bar and she was, you know, holding it the whole time like it was just hanging out with her. But North Dakota's Health and Human Service Department put out a rabies warning as a result and per court docs, she said, um, quote, while being questioned by law enforcement, did not disclose the location of a non-domesticated raccoon, uh, did conceal from law enforcement a non-domesticated raccoon. Uh, sorry, she didn't say that. That was just a quote. Um, the Bismarck Tribune reports it's illegal to keep a raccoon in the state. Um, this one kind of makes me a little sad, but Erin uh, was arrested September 14th and officials took possession of the animal and euthanized it, unfortunately. That's sad. It tested negative for rabies, so why the hell would you put it down? You know what I mean? <sighs> People. Um, so it tested negative for rabies and the AP notes the state also prohibits residents from keeping bats and skunks because rabies risk. Now my question to to whoever I guess technically over there is like why would you put it down if it's tested negative? Why not just let it freaking go? Like let it live its little life. You just killed it for no reason. It's not even sick. If, eh, makes me mad. That one makes me mad. But yeah. So, that would totally be me bringing a raccoon into a bar. <laughs> um, needless to say, because I love little raccoons. They're so cute. Hmm. Ugh, they're like little furry cats with hands. Yeah. Anywho, uh, that is all for our Weird Crime Monday. I'm sorry the episode was delayed by um, technically a day, two days. Um, like I said, I wanted to, to hang out with a friend and do some stuff and, you know, it just kind of all fell on, unfortunately, like Monday, Tuesday. So, anywho, um, I will see you guys or talk to you guys um, the 30th, January 30th. That's when our episode 31 is. Um, let me know, like I said, if you have any case suggestions or spooky stories you want to share. Um, you can dock your names if you want, redact them, I don't care, whatever. Send them to Morbid Curiosity TC, so Tom Charles podcast at gmail.com. And I love you guys. Thanks for all your support. Please don't forget to go rate the podcast in Apple Pod or Spotify because for some odd reason, and I can't tell if it's, you know, spam or not, it kind of feels like spam. I've had a lot of mixed reviews here lately. Like, people saying that I don't um, 
care about the victims or I'm disrespectful to the victims, which I never am, or I feel that I'm not. Um, I, you know what? I mean, like I said, I, I was a, I'm an ex detention officer. I have all the utmost respect for victims of crimes. Okay, um, let me just say that. If I ever came off in a disrespectful way, I apologize. That's not the intention of the podcast at all. You know, I do the the talking because I don't have a co-host. You know, a lot of podcasts are a two-woman co-host podcast, right? I have nobody. So I have to kind of act like I'm going back and forth between a conversation with myself and you, like YouTubers or streamers. I have to talk to myself like, you know, that kind of thing. So, it's not that I'm being disrespectful, it's just I'm trying to include you in a conversation, and I apologize if that comes off that way, but that's not the intention. Um, Another thing is, I am from Georgia. This accent that you hear is not fake. (laughs) It may be thicker in some times than other times, but not like all the time, this is my real accent. I'm not faking an accent, and first off, why would I fake a country accent? I would go with, like, British or, like, Australia. Something cool, you know? A Georgia accent is, like, I'm from the sticks. Like, nobody fucking cares about a Georgia accent, okay? I would fake a good British accent if I wanted to fake an accent. You kidding me? (laughs) I've had that. And then I've also had, oh, this podcast is a waste of time. The name is good, but, oh, my God. You're scripted. Oh, duh. It is scripted. Every podcast you will ever listen to in the history of podcasts, it's scripted. We go online, we search for the information, we write an article, pretty much, of our podcast, of all the information, we put it together, we make our own report about it, and it's literally verbatim of other reports, but just in different, you know, different ways. I don't know how to really explain it to you guys. Um... You know, I've just got a lot of mixed reviews and some of them are kind of upsetting, some are not. It's just kind of like you're down in the podcast ratings because you think I have a fake accent. (sighs) Anywho, anywho, please feel free to share the podcast. Please rate the podcast like an honest review. Even if it's a bad review, as long as you're honest, I'll take it. I'll take the criticism. I don't mind taking criticism. But if you're going to leave fake reviews, like, go the fuck on, get a, get a life, okay? Go, go do something else, you know, go find another hobby, because, you know, all I got to do is just contact podcasts, you know, have the reviews removed, and I've already done it quite a few times, but I'm like, y'all keep coming back with these spam accounts, these fake accounts, and leaving reviews, I mean, eh, not to rant, but it, it is aggravating, because it downs my podcast reviews, just because you guys... Or not all of you. Not you guys in general, but just, like, people um, think I'm faking an accent or they're just like, oh, this is stupid. Like, get over yourself. Anywho, love you guys. See see you guys. Talk to you guys January 30th. And make sure to join Instagram and Facebook and have a good night. Bye. Well, guys, that's 
all for today's episode. Make sure you tune in bi-weekly. We are every other Monday for another riveting case where I will traumatize you more than you probably already are. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to check out the Instagram at morbid period curiosity period TC podcast for photos related to each case that I cover. Feel free to send me spooky crazy stories or case suggestions at morbidcuriositytcpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple Pod or whatever you're listening to us on. Um, I do appreciate all you spooky listeners. Please stay kind, stay spooky, and for the love of God, don't murder anyone.